This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Bite Size Business Breakfast, Wednesday the 14th of November, day three of the air show, and a day that we had three big aviation bosses on our show. Starting with His Highness Sheikh Ahmed bin Saeed Al Maktoum, CEO and Chairman of Emirates Group. His take on what Emirates is going to see in the second half of this year and whether or not we could see an Emirates IPO anytime soon. CEO number two, Paul Griffith, CEO of Dubai Airports. He was in announcing what he called their absolutely amazing Q3 numbers and some hints about the plans for DWC. CEO number three, Gaith Al Gaith, the boss of Fly Dubai, speaking to me at the air show, uh, talking on the back of that order for 30 Boeing 787 Dreamliners, what they may do with them and what he expects to see for this full financial year. And if that wasn't enough, we've also been looking at the last day of earnings season. Adnock Gas reporting. Rich has been speaking to the CFO. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast, exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com. Let's listen to one of our three big aviation bosses uh, that we have been speaking to for you this morning. And they don't come much bigger than His Highness Sheikh Ahmed bin Saeed Al Maktoum. He's the chairman and CEO of Emirates Group. And he sits down twice a year with the press in his semi-annual roundtables, one at ATM, the Arabian travel market, and one at the air show. It's the same journalists every time. And bless Sheikh Ahmed, we ask him half, most of the time the same questions, which he handles with really good grace. A lot of big picture stuff. Um, and we started off talking to him about his purchase of all of those wide-bodied 777 X's. After that wide-bodied order, people wanted to know, now you've got the big planes, are you going to make a narrow-bodied order? No, because uh, when I have it in fly, Dubai to me is the same. It's like Emirates uh, have those watercraft. You know, we, we work as one. Maybe people outside, uh, you know, they think that we are two bodies, but to me they are one. Right. They are one, he said to him, but could we see that com- uh, that conversation, that uh, cooperation moving even closer? It is the great fly Dubai merger question. It comes up every time. And now that he's got two airlines that both own Dreamliners, is it getting even more likely? I don't know why people, they want me to, 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 to be as one. To me, they are as one. Could they formally become more as one? That, I'll leave it to, uh, to the time. But I think we coordinate a lot of things together when it comes. We are doing a co-sharing um, uh, agreement with, between Emirates and, and Fly Dubai and been going on for quite some, some time now. The relation is excellent, should be excellent, because the, both are owned by, by Dubai uh, government. And, and the team, they are really uh, close to each other. Well, also close is the competition. Saudi, of course, opening up a new major airline. Is there room for another big player in the Gulf? I always said that the Gulf market can take the existing number or much more than that. 
I think when we we started here in the UAE, we started with one. We had two, three, four, five, I think six maybe now today. And we managed. So I think adding another one to uh, in Saudi Arabia, that will, will be okay. It's good for the competition. And we see many countries in Asia, Europe, America, Australia, with more than one, one airline. And it wouldn't be a roundtable with Sheikh Ahmed if he wasn't asked whether or not we could see an Emirates Group IPO. My answer always known when it comes when the IPO, I said the government decide not me. You know, it's a good thing to see nearly will be a 10 companies in Dubai that will be IPO'd. I think so far we d- they did uh, five. But the decision, I mean, if you ask um, when Emirates will, will be, yeah. that the government decision. Right, the government's decision. Uh, one of the things that we spoke to Sheikh Ahmed about was ticket prices. Um, questioning whether or not the rise in ticket prices could stay, given the wafer thin margins that the aviation industry operates on. Could this be a new, dare I say it, welcome normal? I don't know. It's all about supply and, and demand. But I think if you look at any other business, everything we see is going up, not going down. Everything going up, not going down. Now, Rich earlier was in conversation with the CEO of Dubai Airports talking about sustainable aviation fuel and who really needed to pay for the higher price of that as opposed to jet fuel A. Uh, We asked Sheikh Ahmed whether or not the cost of SAF would or should be passed to the consumer. Fuel prices will go up if it is SAF or not, not SAF. Somebody get to pay for it in the end of the day. And I won't be able to pay uh, for it from my pocket. You know, somebody get to be paying for it. So for the cost of sustainability? Oh, I think the cost of sustainability, yeah, it might be uh, uh, a bit uh, price sensitive, I would say, to the, to the market. And also, when we, we, we're talking about sustainability, I think, and we're talking about fuel, is availability of this fuel in every point that you fly to. Now, on making that fuel more available, in May, Emirates set up a $200 million R&D program to develop sustainable aviation solutions. It's all been quite quiet since then. So is that fund being allocated? It is says Sheikh Ahmed, just very carefully. The minute you say, I have money, it's ready for R&D, you can imagine how many people will be coming toward you. They said that we won't really have some of that money. But also we have to be very sure that whatever investment we go when it goes to R&D, yes, it will help this sustainability program. And this is why maybe sometimes it would take a bit of time to ensure that, yes, if we are investing with somebody, that we will see the benefit. And that's His Highness Sheikh Ahmed bin Saeed Al Maktoum, the chairman and the CEO of Emirates Group, addressing some of the biggest questions in aviation today. Catch up on the business headlines with the Bite Size Business Breakfast. Oh, the great and the good of the world of aviation, both regionally and globally, descending on Dubai for this year's air show. Let's see who Richard Dean has found next. Dini. <laughs> 
Thanks, Tom. We have got the CEO of Dubai Airports, Paul Griffiths, in the house with us down here at DC Aviation Alpha Tay. Morning, Paul. Good morning, Richard. Day three of the air show. Big announcement from you later today. Your full year forecast will be out. You're here to give us a sneak preview. The question on everyone's lips, 2023, will it or won't it be better than pre-pandemic? Well, we've had an absolutely amazing Q3, 22.9 million passengers which is something like 24.4% up on last year. And actually, our year-to-date is even more impressive, 645 which is just 0.1% short of 40% increase over last year. So I think we can be fairly confident we're getting very close to those numbers. As you know, Richard, we are still a little bit conservative in our forecasting because what we like to do is every time we revise it, we push it in that upwards direction. So we're looking at about 86.8 for the 2023 forecast, slightly shy, but our average now is 7.6 million passengers a month. So if you do the maths, 12 times 7.6 is, and I'll save you the embarrassment, 91.2 million. So if we track the way we are, we should be clear of that 89 million we recorded pre-pandemic. And that's without China coming back in full force. Exactly right. Yes, the Chinese market's starting to recover and we expect it to gather momentum towards the end of the year. But so far, Far Eastern markets have been more sluggish than we would like them to have been. So in terms of the airport, 91 punters through DXB this year, we think. Your capacity, you say, is up to 120 million. You're probably going to get there in a few years. We were chatting with Sir Tim Clark of Emirates earlier on. Emirates and Flydubai become ever closer. He was very enthusiastic about the idea of sometime in the early 2030s having a mega hub up here at, at Dubai World Central, at Al Maktoum International Airport. What's your view? Well, I think it's inevitable. If you look at the aircraft orders, I mean, we've seen another 90 777Xs. I'm sure there'll be more aircraft to follow for the Emirates fleet. And of course, the surprise was the additional 30 wide bodies uh, for Fly Dubai. Now, I think that's a bit of a game changer. And that means that we definitely do need uh, a new airport for the 2030s. Quite when is quite a tricky one because engineering the sort of scale that we need is going to be a very big challenge because we've got to build something considerably larger than we've got at DXB. And we're already the world's largest international hub. So you can see from the get-go, we're going to have to build something even bigger than the world's largest airport at the moment. So it's a big ask. And of course, if you look at the delivery timescales of those aircraft, they are actually pretty immediate. So we've got to do something at DXB right now to get us through to the time when the DWC mega hub will be established. So there's a lot of boffins in my back office, in Tim's back office, scratching their heads, sharpening their pencils and getting this mega plan, which will be the largest plan that the world has ever seen, underway. So more news. Um, later and hopefully we will come and break that exclusively on the business breakfast a bit later on. Let's talk about airfares. You were speaking yesterday at the air show. I'm looking at the headline on agbi.com. Increase airfares by 20% to save the planet, says Dubai Airport's CEO. That would be you, Paul. Why are we going to have to pay 20% more for our flights? Well, I didn't say it was going to be 20%. I think that's a bit of artistic license. But what (laughs) I absolutely did say is that we have got to do something quite dramatic about sustainability. 
And I think the thing is, you know, we've had lots of nice conversations. We've understood exactly what needs to be done. It's time to put it into action. And my point here is a bit like aviation safety, how embedded in the ticket price uh, the increasing safety and security of aviation has been assured now. It's one of the safest modes of transport. And it's 81 times safer than it was as recently as 1970. So we need to have exactly the same attitude towards sustainability where the costs are embedded in the supply chain. So every good and service, not just in mobility, but everything else, is actually paid for in the supply chain. And quite honestly, if that means that airfares perhaps have to kick up 1% or 2% above the rate of inflation over the next few years, is a small price to pay if we have a completely sustainable planet on which we can exist with our children and grandchildren for a long, long time to come. So I think it's inevitable. I think it has to be, you know, money where the mouth is. And I think the time is right now. In terms of planning the, the new airport up here at DWC, if and when that happens, and I'm sure you've got some tentative plans, to what extent are you looking at bunkering facilities, for want of a better word, for sustainable aviation fuel, as and when that comes on at scale? Every single sustainable technique including some that we don't know about yet, has to be built into the master plan for DWC Armac 2 International. You know, we're looking at ways of storing uh, heat energy or cooling energy rather in insulated tanks underground. We're looking at solar power generation. We're even stepping up our solar generating capacity at DXB to 43 megawatts. You know, electric vehicles have to abound, green hydrogen, uh, waste to energy plants, all sorts of uh, techniques to make it as green as we possibly can. That's an absolute given. Uh, Taymor has written in, he knew you were coming in uh, today, he says, ask Paul uh, how worried is he about the new T1 opening in Abu Dhabi? And of course today, the 15th of November, is the day that they go 100% in their new terminal. It looks great in the Tom Cruise movie, but I've not seen it yet. Well, I haven't had the privilege of abseiling down from the ceiling either, so I can't comment directly, but I think it's great for the region, it's great for the UAE, it's great for Abu Dhabi, obviously. And every time we open a new facility and increase the capacity of the region, everyone wins. You've seen the proposed GCC visa, which is a great move for visitors to the region. And every time we unlock yet another destination and provide fantastic service, it means that there's going to be more visitors to the whole region, which is a great thing. I don't think we've really scratched the surface as what's going to be possible in travel and tourism to the region. And every new facility, every new bit of capacity will make that more of a reality. Quick word, finally, on India, looking at your top destinations. India, again, is by far the top country destination for DXB. We know there's ongoing aeropolitics. We know that Fly Dubai would like more slots. So would everyone. What do you know about expanding that India business even more? Well, the thing is, as you know, Dubai has always been the international hub for India. And I can't see that changing. I think we'll continue to add more service. Maybe there's going to be some upgrades in aircraft size. It's always been a tricky one, and we've always been in negotiation almost 24-7. And I think it will just continue to be the strongest destination. We've got 250 destinations now from DXB, 95 international airlines, and we serve 105 countries, which makes us the world's largest aviation hub for international traffic. We're determined to keep that crown and keep forging ahead, and I think the future looks very bright indeed.
Paul, thanks for coming down here, joining us today. Busy time at Dubai Air Show. So it's good of you to make time for us. That's Paul Griffiths. He's the CEO of DXB Airports. Their full year forecast for this year is out. And we think we might just scrape ahead of 2019 pre-pandemic levels on the Business Breakfast. Just the highlights. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast. Let's hear from Gaithal now, CEO Fly Dubai. Just spent $11 billion on his first ever wide-bodied plane order. 787 Dreamliners. Brandy asked him why. Okay, Gaith, let's start with your order for 3787 Dreamliners. Huge deal for you, huge departure for you. Why the wide-bodied planes? Well, um, it's a huge step. And uh, for us, um, what matters uh, for Fly Dubai is the confidence that we have uh, from our uh, shareholders, His Highness, uh, especially Sheikh Ahmed, to give us the uh, ability to expand our reach and to go to this next level because it's a sign of a maturity of the airline that uh, we can uh, go more, further, uh, to bigger uh, places. And this is fantastic. Um, it's, it makes us all in Fly Dubai very uh, focused, proud of what we have achieved so far. And uh, why? It's, it's because of Dubai. You know, we live in this incredible place that seems to uh, uh, discover itself and improve and evolve day by day. And you, you live here for so long. You see how many people attract to live here and come to Dubai. And Dubai will continue to, uh, to be um, an attraction for people to travel. And uh, we believe we want to be as far uh, fly Dubai as we have been for the last 14 years. We want to be in the thick of things to uh, make this wonderful home of us even more accessible. Okay, so where will you be able to go with these wide-bodied planes? Where will you take them? Well, the, the, this airplane can go all the way to America. Of course, we are uh, not going to fly with this aircraft to America. It's, uh, but as far as we are concerned, uh, there is a lot of dense uh, routes, uh, maybe even un, uh, not well served, that we can connect uh, to, 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 to Dubai. Uh, and the uh, possibility are endless. I mean, you, you know, it's almost like you dare to dream. And uh, this is what the Dreamliner uh, d- 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 does for us. And uh, we will go lots of places. Will it just be more uh, capacity on current routes or opening up new destinations? For sure, it's going to be uh, lots of new destination uh, for us. Uh, probably um, uh, we will add some capacity on existing routes because uh, you know, these aircrafts are bigger and more fuel efficient. Uh, but as I said, the possibility for this air la- for this aircraft is, is huge, and again makes us uh, dare to dream as uh, in Fly Dubai. And um, yeah, extremely exciting. It's a big job uh, because the responsibility of uh, making this successful is huge. But the trust uh, that, uh, they said, His Highness has in in Fly Dubai makes it even uh, more excited to get on with it. What's your priority for expansion? West, East, what continent? Where are you looking? Well, I think you you, you have to build a network because, you know, wherever you're going, you have to have a balance uh, between places in the East, in the West. And let's not forget what Fly Dubai have redefined. We have a North and a south even, which uh, was not there be, be before a flight Dubai. We go to all of these 
beautiful countries in uh, north uh, of uh, Asia and uh, north of us, uh, let's call it. And uh, yeah, there is uh, plenty of places in either direction. But uh, to, uh, for the airline to be successful, you have to balance and you have to go east, west, north, south. I'm trying to find out, Gaith, how far you're going to take these planes. I, I, I think uh, a lot of the places we're going to go to are going to be very obvious. Uh, but, but, but again, you know, this is um, you know, not the time now to talk about the specific, uh, which I'm sure we will do in the future. But as I said, what the, uh, the confidence that the uh, people, inshallah, will have in, in Fly Dubai to be able to be part of their life, to serve them to even further more places, it's a, it's a huge thing for us. And that's why we want to live this and we want to make the best job that, that we can. And trust me, uh, we have a sleepless night because of excitement uh, uh, having this aircraft. When do you think you'll actually get them? 26. Are you confident in that? Are you yes. worried about delays? I mean, uh, delays are part of the business and we know that. But we are very confident. I think uh, Boeing, uh, with all of the issues that have been going on, uh, always been a very good partner of us. And we are also glad to be uh, a Boeing uh, customer through and through. Uh, so uh, we think we're 26 is doable. So you've got to have Dreamliners. Emirates has obviously already got Dreamliners. Mm -hmm. What does this mean for how those two airlines will work together? How close you are? I think, uh, you, you know, one of, uh, part of our success currently in Fly Dubai, because we work very closely with Emirates, and over the last uh, three years, that has sort of materialized into us being very successful, both Emirates and us. And I, uh, I, we have, you know, the greatest uh, venue of the whole world, I say universe in, in Dubai, and we have uh, the greatest leader of them all. They don't get better than Sheikh Ahmed. And God bless him uh, with his guidance and support. Uh, we are a very happy family, all of us here in Dubai. Okay, so let's talk about what these new planes mean for your family in Fly Dubai. What does it mean you're going to have to bring on board in terms of pilots, in terms of engineers? Oh, I, I, I think, you know, the, the opportunity to bring in more uh, uh, more staff and what we work in Dubai and also for our own uh, staff who now have to be able to transform from uh, a narrow body to a wider body and also to go and uh, sort of use the formula that we have in Fly Dubai and even be better at what we do to be successful because now we are going to work with the big boys uh, it is not going to be easy <laughs> the easiest things about the 787 is signing the deal. <laughs> the rest, <laughs> the rest is going to be difficult. So you've also just signed a deal, more than $50 million, mm -hmm. for a flight. What is that going to bring to you? What's that going to let you do? Well, this simulator deal is for our um, 737. Again, it's a sign of maturity because, you know, we are in flight Dubai now, over 80 aircraft flying. We have 130 uh, on order from the same type. So it shows that now our... Um, and we are going to home uh, the, uh, the simulator in our canvas, beautiful canvas. So now it, it feels even more homey because all of the pieces are coming together. And uh, as I said, it's a sign of maturity for us and uh, give 
our Fly Dubai family more tools to enhance uh, whatever we have in, in Fly Dubai right now. Okay, well, let's talk about what you do have because we've just gone through past the halfway point in your financial year. Mm. I know you don't release halfway numbers, but what can you tell us about how the airline has done in those six months? I, I, we are doing extremely well and it's no surprise. Okay, Dubai is doing very well and our business uh, performance uh, for this year will be far better than last year. And last year was about 43% up in terms of net profit. Yeah. You think you're going to do better than that? We're going to do better than last year uh, as far as profit is concerned. What about in terms of capacity and passengers? What kind of hint can you give me about what you've seen in the first half? Oh no, we are growing uh, as good as uh, the city is growing. You can see uh, the business in Dubai and the trust in Dubai. So yes, we will have a very as they say, damn good year. A very, very bullish uh, Gaith El Gaith there, the CEO of Fly Dubai. A man who's just spent an awful lot of money on an awful lot of planes, $11 billion um, on his first ever wide bodies, those 30 Boeing 787s. I mean, just on a, on a personal level, my summer holiday this year went to Slovenia and flew with Fly Dubai. And it was great mm. on their 737. But it's quite a long flight. It's five or six hours on what is quite a small airline. So it would be nice to do those. They're not really long haul flights, but they're medium haul flights. It'd be nice to have a, just a little bit more walking about room <laughs> to do those flights to Europe and to Asia as well, because they, they do go far and wide. It is the Business Breakfast, Dubai I 103.8 FM. Coming up, earnings season. The guys from Ad Not Gas join us live. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast, exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com. Yeah, Peter Van Driel is the CFO at Adnock Gas. Joins us now live from Abu Dhabi. Morning, Peter. Morning, Richard. Uh, we described your results as solid. Little changed from last year, about $1.1 billion for the quarter. That would suggest that business has been calm. International gas markets have been anything but calm over the past 12 months. What's been the story? Adnock Gas is a predictable margin business. And, of course, we benefit from a more favorable pricing environment. But at the same time, we also have a mechanism in place where we pay more for our feedstock that we subsequently process or liquefy if prices are up. At the same time, when prices go down, we have downward protection because we pay less for our feedstock. And that makes Adnog Gas a predictable margin business underpinned by a lot of growth. So in terms of, of what's happened over the past year or so, $1.1 billion, and you're paying out a chunky dividend to investors, uh, that is going to be for the full year, as I understand it, $1.6 billion US dollars, right? For the full year, we're going to give shareholders three and a quarter of a billion dollars of dividend, three and a quarter. However, we're going to pay an interim of 50%, and that is $1.6 billion that we will pay in December of this year. So the shareholder has had a good right, and the dividend is a strong point for the company because we produce a lot of cash. How's life been, Peter, as the CFO of a listed company? And you're relatively new to this game. You IPO'd at two dirhams 37s a share earlier on this year, closed yesterday, uh, well above that at three dirhams and 27 fills. How different has that been as the guy running the finance department and this quarterly accountability? 
I think for us it is important to demonstrate to the market, our stakeholders, that we are a business that is resilient, as I just said. We are predictable in that sense, but at the same time, it's also an exciting growth story. We will continue in the coming five years about $14 billion. And that is all new money that we invest in additional facilities to enhance our output. So it is not just about how our performance is doing today, which I just said is strong and resilient, but it's also an outlook for the coming year that is extremely uh, 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 strong. And that enables us also to grow that dividend of $3.25 billion per year every year at 5%. So that goes hand in hand with our growth. So growth on two levels. One, you're investing over $5 billion, contracts awarded in the first nine months of this year, engineering, procurement, and so on, to boost your production capacity. But you're also signing supply deals, deals to, to sell your gas. And I know your chief executive, Ahmed uh, Alibri, has been talking about this in the earnings release. Talk to me about those new LNG deals. Who, in simple terms, Peter, is buying your gas? The majority of our LNG, um, we have a facility for 5.8 MTPA, that's a lot of LNG that we sell. The majority goes to the East. Those are long-term contracts. Think about Japanese buyers, Korean buyers, traditional LNG markets. However, what you see is that there are more and more parties coming to the LNG play. You see new markets opening up and LNG is a transition fuel. So it provides with a lot of benefits for the purchaser, gives security of supply, and those new markets are definitely one that we want to supply, and we're doing so. We've supplied India recently, we're looking at a number of other markets, but we also supply the European market, we did deals earlier this year, delivering cargoes into Germany, and the UIE is, of course, very well positioned, right? For us, we can go either to the west or to the east, wherever the pricing is most competitive and attractive for us. Closer to home, I see that you've been investing in boosting the what's called the Estadama program, and that aims at higher volumes of supply to the Northern Emirates here in your home country, the UAE. Tell us about that, Peter, would you? Yeah, sure, Richard. Um, so... We supply with our volumes, but two thirds goes to the UIE and a third we export. Now, for the government, it's extremely important that the UIE is energy self-sufficient. And Abnol Gas has a large role to play in that. And at the same time, it also, and I'm coming back to the same theme, growth. We have many customers that really want to be supplied with our gas. And what we do is to build infrastructure so we can also reach the Northern Emirates. In other words, we will continue to grow our revenue with our existing customers, uh, but we also, of course, go after new customers to meet their demand. Peter, let's talk finally about going green. You will be well aware that COP28 is just two weeks away. I read comments again from your chief executive, Ahmed Alebri, talking about the what he called the decarbonisation journey at Adnot Gas, in particular, investing billions in carbon capture units. Can you talk us through that? Yeah, of course. Um, this is a key agenda for us. It is our contribution to the sustainability targets of the UAE. And that target, we want to reach the net zero by 2045, and that's an ambitious target. But we, 
have a lot to offer. We produce gas. And if you look at capturing your CO2 emissions and not just storing them, but re-injecting them into production processes, that is a great solution. So we will reduce our emissions. We will invest in it. And we believe that is for um, the contribution to the emission targets of the country and probably widen that as well, a great step forward. Peter, appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for getting up early to speak to us. The thoughts there of the Chief Finance Officer at Ad Not Gas, Peter Vandriel. Just to recap, their quarterly earnings came out yesterday. Deadline day for earnings, $1.1 billion worth of profit in the quarter. Little changed from the year before. This is the Business Breakfast Dubai I 103.8 FM. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.